This episode is brought to you by Essentia. A better you starts with better hydration. Essentia is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, I'm Lee Salisbury and welcome to Soap from the Box, the podcast where I interview some of the UK's leading actors. I directed them in some of the UK's leading continuing dramas and am now friends with them. And this is the second edition of the podcast this week because, let's face it, it's pretty miserable times and I thought we all need a bit of cheering up. And today's guest is someone who always cheers me up. To be honest, we don't normally stop laughing, so recording this... So you got an insider's guide in two of the programmes she was a massive star of. It was quite tough, but I think we got there and I hope you enjoy it. So my guest on the podcast today is a friend and fellow colleague of Emmerdale, Chelsea Harpenny. Hi, Chelsea. So good to see you. I always start with a memorable moment and my memorable moment of working on Emmerdale with you was probably when we did the stunt where Kyle had fallen into the river... And we arrived, we basically filmed in a river near Harrogate, and we arrived, and it had completely gone down. Do you remember? What, it was there in the was shallow? There was water, yeah. Yeah, because I ended up having grazed, sort of, well, all of my front body, because it had to look like you I was swimming. You were basically laying on the floor. <laughs> scraping along <laughs> the rocks. <laughs> scraping along the rocks. <laughs> and shit, the baby was supposed to be drowning, and this baby dog kept floating <laughs> off. I got stuck in... <laughs> Stuck in the woods. And also imagine me doing like front crawl to try and save my baby, but my hands are just slapping off the rocks because there's no water. It's like, just walk. Yeah, just <laughs> literally was... just get on your feet. <laughs> that was hilarious. So anyway, we're going to spend half the show talking about soap, Emmerdale, and kind of casualty because that's kind of soap, and then the real you. Um, and I'm going to start with... A little test to see if you can remember anything about Emmerdale. <laughs> Tails has already gone. Oh, God. I don't think I remember anything. <laughs> Who stopped to help Amy when her car broke down as she arrived? Andy. Yes! <laughs> it's the character names I'm going to struggle with. Yeah. I, was, I nearly said Calvin, but... <laughs> and uh, talking of Calvin, what did you think of him in Strictly? Oh, unreal. But I knew because of the sort of nights out that we'd all had together, I already knew that he... Um, had rhythm. Oh, did you? Okay. We've all we've been to many a sort of Northern Soul type night in Leeds, and I knew that he had those hips. So you obviously played Amy Wyatt, and you started in October 2010, and she was a runaway. What was it like joining a show like Emmerdale? Very surreal, because I was just in school. I'd just finished sixth form, and my agent at the time was like a North East-based one, so... I always just thought, oh, I'll just sort of work close to home. And, 
you know, you never know what can happen. But as an 18 year old, when I got that audition through, the first thing I thought was as if, like as if that's going to happen. And then, yeah, and then got it and joined the show. And, and I remember walking in. You had quite a few. Oh, did I read you had quite a few auditions? I like five. So. Five? Mm-hmm. Is that a lot? Quite a lot, yeah. Is it? I, I well, think, I suppose maybe I think you're a have... regular character. It's no, not I suppose. That much. Did you screen test a few yeah. times? Uh, there was there was three sort of auditions where it's just you and the casting director, and then we had like a last sort of ten girls, and then there was a final five, and that's when I screen tested with Chris. Chattel. With Chris Chattel on yeah. set. So for anyone listening, what happens is you audition people, and then. The next stage is coming on the set to see how they're going to handle the sets and their cast. Yeah, I, defied, I suppose I remember doing the Wild Family and we did about 200 auditions. Well, that's, we I think, yeah, I think when you audition for uh, a, main, a, big a family, part, yeah. like it's different because I was sort of on my own. It didn't really matter. But I remember in the last audition, in the screen test, they really wanted me to cry. And uh, we'd done it like three or four times. And um, I remember the director sort of coming up to me and being like, they obviously were really willing me on and they were just like, is there any way you can sort of squeeze, squeeze a tear out? Because I was so nervous and Chris was so nice and he was tearing up trying to help oh, me in the scene. Um, and I eventually cried because I think I was just thinking I really want it. And then, um, and then yeah, but yeah, really surreal. I think the first person I seen in the studio was Danny Miller. And at the, t- at the time he was sort of becoming a bit of a, he was like an icon. Like, star, yeah, yeah. And I remember being like, oh my God. Is it hard auditioning? Like, how do you cope with auditions? Because everyone's so... I remember in screen tests especially, everyone used to be so nervous. I've auditioned big names, like Vicky McClaw came for Emmerdale from Line of Duty. And she just fell apart in an Emmerdale audition. Yeah, they're they're not fun. I mean, I think some people enjoy them. I don't. Like, I get so nervous and... I get this like nervous rash like on my neck and when I know I'm getting it because it'll make me hot I then know that they can see that I've got it and it just becomes like a whole thing so yeah I don't enjoy them and I don't know why because they are on your side and they're trying they want you to oh, walk totally, in and yeah. do the part yeah, so yeah. it's a shame that you sort of self-sabotage a little bit but, but I think um, everyone does that yeah really so you were that Amy came from trouble care homes. She dreamed of the perfect family with Val and Pollard, <laughs> and you were put with Charlie and Chris, who are amazing, aren't they? To be put with, I mean, it works so well. I think that I loved it, and obviously, I, I yeah, I, I might be biased because I was in it, but um, I just thought it was such a good. Well, you kind of up. Turned their lives as well, their characters' lives in a way. That, yeah, and I believe I don't want to put words in their mouth, but Chris and Charlie both sort of said that, yeah, like their their characters just sort of, you know, because then they had the storylines were endless for the, my character. Yeah. You can do so much with that person. And then obviously they brought in the pregnancy quite early on. So then there was just so much drama, yeah. which is what you want, you know, when you're in a soap for so long. You want, 80% you want to... of it might just be the normal stuff. So when you get that 20% of really gritty stuff, it's 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 when you enjoy it the most. It's tiring, but... So I think, yeah, and we were actually texting, like, not that long ago, just talking about how we'd love to go back to that time. I know, just it was such a brilliant time that time, yeah. wasn't Yeah, and we it? were always in the village, which was hard, long days and freezing cold, but, like, it was, like, our little nest. Like, that was where always where we filmed, and it was, like, the, RB, the, the B&B was, like, our little sort of home and stuff. It was, it was lovely. And then she was obviously quite out there, Amy. Did you kind of make decisions yourself, or were you kind of given, because she had, like, wacky hair, 
mad makeup. Mm. Um, and I always remember meeting you because you always, when you meet someone new, you just think they're like that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You couldn't, you couldn't be any more different than Amy. Well, I think had it been now, I would have spoken up more about maybe things that I thought would have worked a bit better or I think she'll wear this or that doesn't quite fit me right. But I was 18 <laughs> and it was my first job. So I was definitely... Um, given the things to wear and the makeup and um, and all of that kind of thing. And I mean, I think it worked. I think it took me a couple of years to maybe ask them to stop back tatting my hair because I was like falling out. Because <laughs> I had the dread, I had a oh, dreadlock yeah, extension, the... but they also had to dread my own hair just um, so that it looked like it blended. Um, sort of two years in, I was like, is there any way? Um... And did they just have to do it every day? You went in? Yeah. Oh my which God. I understand. It's what but they didn't, had to I do. I think Charlie got wigs. He plays Val in the end, didn't she? Because her hair was basically starting to fall out. I mean, I think any, it's like anyone that if does their hair been, day to day, yeah. if you're doing it all, you know, all day, every day. But I think it was just that, the sort Your of... Your hair was falling out. <laughs> I mean, at 18. Ba back tatting <laughs> is just, um, and I was much. getting it dyed red as well. Like, um, oh, yeah. not that frequently, but you know, anyway. And you had quite, did you have fake tan as well? No. No, it was just a thick foundation. Just really thick foundation. <laughs> and then obviously you did the big story, you said the pregnancy storyline, which was with Jeff as well, obviously. Yeah. Amazing, I think, if you get to put with Jeff. Yeah. Um, uh, did you ever watch Demodel? Did you know who these people were? Was it like... Oh, yeah, I knew who they were. I wouldn't say that the age that I was, that I was watching it daily. No. But um, it was definitely on in both my man's household and, and my nan and grandma's, yeah. And then I remember, obviously, Laura Norton got introduced when I was there as your mum, mm -hmm. who's obviously one of our really good friends. And my story, Laura, love, which I always tell her, is that about a year before I met her at someone's wedding, and she was like, I really want to be in Emmerdale. And I was thinking, oh my God, such bloody annoying person <laughs> following me around. <laughs> And then she saw me later in the evening, she's like, it's me again, I really want to be in Emmerdale. And now like, she's been in Emmerdale. And then I got introduced to her, when I think I came back to Emmerdale when she joined and she was playing your mum, right. like, this is Laura, and I was like, oh my god, oh my god. it's that woman. It's the annoying woman from the wedding. <laughs> I love that, you're, she's like, I want to be in Emmerdale, you're like, oh. Well, I was just like, thank god I was nice to her, because I was like, getting to the point of wanting to go, oh, just yeah, get oh, way. oh, Laura. <laughs> but she came in like as quite a different character than she is now, really, didn't she? Because she was quite hard at first, wasn't she? She was not nice. As yeah, she mom. had to be. I think I think because it wouldn't have made sense. And it's sense. mad that she plays your mum, actually, because you're best mates, isn't it? And she's it's only quite... seven years older yeah, than me. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I was playing like someone four you years younger than yeah. me, and she was playing four years or six years older than yeah. herself. It's like Greece, where they're all playing like 17 year olds and they're about 45. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it ha she had to come in as an unlikable person, or else, because then there wouldn't have been any justification for how Amy behaved. If, if, if Laura came in and Kerry was liked, you'd be like, why is Amy such a dick? You <laughs> yeah. Know? And then obviously, your part has been recast now. Have yes. you seen it? Is it weird? Obviously, the first thing that they did was offer it to me, and yeah. I had just left casually. So, it would have made sense in, in, in some world, you know, like, oh, well, you just go back. But I think, you know, if I if I was a lot later on in my career and had already done lots of other stuff, then, yes, going into another comfortable job, um, yeah. job familiar, might have made sense. But to me, just currently, it felt like... Because every job I've done has been long-running, so yeah. actually I haven't well, done that much. Well, I remember you left Emmerdale because you wanted to not... Exactly. And then you went to Casualty, but Casualty was quite a break after that. But yeah. did you end up staying there longer than you thought you would? Uh, no, I think I did both for about, you did both three, for about years, three years. And yeah. that's always 
that Feels time right. for some reason felt right. But yeah, so they offered me not, and it was hard because I, I had been out of casualty for a few months, and I, you know, you do get that. Your heart is like going, oh, I want to go back. But my like career head was yeah, saying, yeah. don't do it. So they said, well, just so you know, we are going to recast because we'd like the character to come back, which I understand because loads of the character's family are still in the yeah. So I was just like, well, yeah, it's, it's not my character. If I don't have any plans to go back, it's not mine no. to like hold on to, you know. So you left Emmerdale in 2013. Yeah. And you started at Casualty up in 2004. Oh, no! <laughs> you were in Casualty in 2004, weren't you? Apparently, oh, yes. yeah. as 11-year-old Kareen. I got all the good names. Kareen. Kareen. And I've actually got a friend called Kareen. So, oh, sorry, yeah, Kareen. it's a really nice <laughs> name. <laughs> so, who was 11-year-old Kareen? What did you do? Not Kareen. Not Kareen. 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 <laughs> Kareem. What um, was she about? Yeah, basically, I got casualty because I was already in Biker Grove as a kid. Yes, yeah. So, a director... Were you in Biker Grove with Anne and Deck? No, they were, this is what everyone asked me, which I find really funny. It was like 16 years apart. They're in their 40s. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but my auntie was. In oh, Jill, yeah, yeah, okay. She did the first four years of I Biker just don't Grove. remember Biker Grove being on that long. I mean, I think by the time I was in it, like, no disrespect. <laughs> no one was watching it. <laughs> basically. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so then you went back in 2015 until 2019 with a break as Alicia mm-hmm. Monroe. I like that name. That's a cool well, name. It, well, the thing is, it is Alicia. It's not Alicia. Oh. But I, I prefer Alicia. Alicia but on my Alicia. first day, everyone was saying different things. So I had to say, oh, can, can you ask the producers to choose one? Because everyone's saying it differently. And I was like, please be Alicia. Because it's nice. And was it? Yeah. Uh, no, it was Alicia. Oh. So, so. Yeah. I don't know if it's because I'm northern that were like, it's definitely Alicia. <laughs> so she was described as bubbly, bright, and try hard. <laughs> but it couldn't be more different than Amy anyway. So yes. was, was it nice to take on a totally different character? Yeah, like, I mean, I don't know if she changed slightly over over the time. She probably became more just like me because that's sort of what happened. She went through a lot in the end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She had but... bubbly and bright got kind of beaten out of her a bit. Mm, but at the beginning, yeah, I had like pink hair like, and she was like blonde and bubbly and, and a try hard. Yeah, so it was, it was much, it was nice, but it was also just nice to be in a new environment. And it was much, it was so much harder in lo- loads of aspects. So, you know, had it just been another soap, I probably wouldn't have done yeah. it just because I was like trying to move forward. But it's definitely, it's filmed more like a drama. Well, it's single um, camera, isn't it? So... Single camera and there's lots of stunts and the medical stuff's really hard. Oh. Um, and it just looks a lot different as well. So it was a easy thing to say yes to. Yeah, oh God, yeah. What, so what was it like suddenly filming single camera? Because obviously in Emmerdale and... We film multi-camera, so it's all done quite quick. Mm. Was it like, could, obviously you normally in Emmerdale get a, a two takes when you're done. So was it weird suddenly having to, because I, I did Holby City as well, I know like you're literally on the same scene is four that, hours later. Oh, is that not, that's, that's single camera as well? That's single as well, Holby ah. City, yeah. Yeah, like bed to... scenes take forever, don't they? Like when you yes. have to do all the angles around the bed. And Especially I if to... there's like two doctors and the family. Yeah, if, like, I, for if I got a script, there's like the family of seven coming. Yeah, like, you're oh, like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, it was hard and, and um, everything took longer. I remember when I first got there thinking, like looking at the schedule and being like, what? Because it was just like five eighths of a scene, you know, and it would take two and a half hours. Yeah. But it still felt like a, a, lo- a big workload because it is hard doing the same scene yeah. for like three or four hours. Yeah, because I was going to ask, so as an actor that's done both, because I think there is definitely something in, like, uh, when I did the cot death for Emmerdale, like, getting it all in one take and getting mm. that pure emotion. 
and then rather than having to do the same thing, do, do you what what do you prefer? Do you, I mean, is it nice to get it out in one, or is it do you, when you're doing single camera, you might do it, do you do it one way and think, ah, oh, I wish I hadn't done it like that because I now I've got to stick to that. Yeah, and like the whole thing of like holding your water. Um... Yeah, never eat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. You know, like in in Emmerdale, if you had like an emotional scene, like you say, it would probably be like you'd probably do your read through your block and shoot it pretty quickly. Yeah. So if you're sort of on the brink of crying, it's, it's fine because it's, it's there. Um, but it casually, like especially when I, because I had quite a sort of hard storyline near the end of my time there. I would be spending like a whole day, like trying right. to hold oh. my tears in. I'll, I'll cry all day because yeah. things take so long, and that was hard. Yeah, it was just like it was just exhausting. And um, it's nothing that I prefer. So I prefer the maybe the quickness for like emotional stuff with Emmerdale. But then I casually, when you were doing those kind of, you have a much um, more time. But that it was a lot more. They were allowed to be much more creative. Yes. So like the shots were much cooler. I remember doing one where I was like running through the streets, like in um in the dark and like I remember thinking that this was the closest thing to me it felt like to like a Movie. film yeah, and just yeah, like yeah. a hand that had like their equipment they were like on like a go-kart and they were like they were the camera was running ahead oh, of me wow. and I run towards it and like all that those kind of things were really really cool loads of stunts as well especially when you if you play the doctor you you go out quite a lot to do all the stunts so that was really fun because someone told me about casualty I think the, I said what was the difference between Holby and casualty and it was that casualty always starts with the instant and Holby Holby never starts with the incident. It always starts with, like, the midway through the story. Right. But when I did Holby, and I'm sure you found it the same, like, my first day doing... I mean, the operating days were like, oh, my God, just stuck in that operating room. And did you have all the prosthetics? Yeah. And, like, it looks disgusting. Like, I, I was actually like, oh, my God, it's, just, it's so realistic, isn't it? Yes. Which is, which is good in a way, you know, we had, like, amazing um, medical advisors. Oh, the um, medical advisors are incredible, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those days were hard, especially. And you had to do it. Especially you had to, near... you had to say all the you had to say all the words. Yeah, like near the end when my character had been um, promoted, I had a lot more where I was leading the, oh, the operations <laughs> and like just like trying to make everything real, but also just pronouncing things. I know. Like I couldn't even give you an example now because I when people just... say like you must have learned so much, I'm like no, I don't remember yeah. anything. But you're like describing these hematomas but they've got like, a massive word before them and it was like is someone trying to take the piss at out of me at the same writers? time as trying to pretend you're operating exactly and making it look real I'm sure it maybe to many doctors and nurses well I don't know because the medical advisors were really strict on Holby anyway like they are strict but they also like we had an amazing medical advisor called Nick and he also knew that he was great at both so like trying to make it look real but they're not obviously under the constraints no. of like the way things are written you know you you would... Well, like the brain, a brain surgeon said to me that she could spend like 13, 14 hours like in there operating. Mm -hmm. She's like, obviously in here, we're like, we have one conversation about their relationship and it's stitched yeah. up and done. Or when it's like, can you get me this, this and this? And the nurse goes, yep. And it's like five seconds and they come back <laughs> with it. Nick was always like, you know, you'd have to go and like prep yeah. it. And, and it's always quite ages. clean, the operating stitch. Normally, she said, normally there's blood like everywhere yeah, yeah. but like someone's got a splash on and their like, hand oh my God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so yeah you had huge storylines you had a love triangle the love triangle went on for ages with cow and ethan when you do uh scenes like love triangle scene do you find public's opinion 
has a like I always think if you have affairs and stuff people will uh, have an opinion of you mm-hmm. um because guess... casualty's huge isn't it so did you did you get recognized more for Emmerdale or casualty Emmerdale Emmerdale yeah because okay. it's on every day so I think the reason you get recognized is how often you're at the forefront of someone's mind yeah, so yeah. if they'd just been watching me on telly either on the repeat on the morning or that night you're at the sort of you're just you know you're at the forefront of their mind. If yeah, they yeah. see me the next day or the or in the cafe an hour later, it's like oh god. But with casualty because it's weekly. And also, see... I think because you're in uniform and stuff, I think that helped. That almost yeah, maybe. adds maybe. to it. But did you get reaction to that? I mean, that was huge that storyline, wasn't it? It was a really yeah. I mean, I never outwardly like I never searched for any, so I'm sure there might have been like negative things said about the character. But the thing the things that were said, said directly you. to me was more just like. Um, I, I think they all wanted me to choose Ethan because his character was... He sort of is very unlucky in love sort yeah. of thing. And he was who she went for first. Cal was sort of like a fling. But the char- the Ethan and Alicia characters were much more sort of meant for each other, I guess. So that was all I that was all I seen. That was all I was sort of tagged in. And you also went to France for a two-part special, didn't you? Oh, yes. But we, we didn't actually go to France. Oh, you didn't go no, to France? No, that's how I'm like, did we? No, it was meant to be in Calais. Oh, um, but they, okay. they did like a makeshift. Like, oh, where did you camp? film it? Wales. Wales. <laughs> <laughs> I love <laughs> uh, when I did these and Barbara Windsor returned after she left, and Ronnie went to see her in Portugal. And we were just in a house in Boreham Wood. Yeah. We found this really posh house in the swimming pool. And thank God it was sunny when sunny we filmed day. it. So I was like, this is never going to work. <laughs> And it, it literally, you would think we were in Portugal. What is funny, this is just going back to Ariel. My character, when she left, was going to Ireland. <laughs> so they had to film me on the ferry, sort oh, of yes, waving myself off, right? <laughs> and they were like, we can't film the ferry leaving without you actually, like, leaving <laughs> the country on it. I was like, okay. So they were like, so you're going to go to Bruges for the weekend? Off to Bruges for yeah. one shot. And that was my last, like... That was my rap. Like, imagine just, if they'd been like, "Oh no, we didn't record it. We didn't it. get the shot." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> bye bye, me. Come <laughs> back Bruges. another weekend in Bruges. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So uh, then, well, God, now I'm laughing. It's like morning telly. But then you were in the story where you're raped by Eddie, which is obviously a really serious, big story and important. Do actors kind of get a decision when they offer these storylines? I mean, because it's a big. The big deal, isn't it, that? Yes. Our producer, Lucy, I went up for, like, a chat. Because sometimes in soaps, you know, if you're in there for a long time, you might choose to go and have a little chat with the producer sometimes just because you don't see them that often. Just to say, like, what the plans are yeah. for the character and things like that. And I had gone up. Either she'd called me up or I chose to go up. And um, she said that this was a storyline they were wanting to approach and to do. And she said it was between me and, and another character and how would I feel if I got it? And I was, I'd been in the show a few years and had had bits of storyline, but I was just really desperate to do something really yeah. gritty and such an important storyline. And I sort of wanted that pressure on my shoulders a little bit. So she explained it and I said I would like to do it. And then uh, like a month later, she sort of said that they've decided that it, it. Would, it would make sense for my character to do it. And is it the same as Emmerdale? Because I know we, and so we work with, I haven't done coaching, but we obviously work with charities and stuff. Did you do the same? Did you? Yes, we did. And at the end of every episode we had, I recorded like a little sort of, um, a little snippet of me sort of saying if anyone's experienced yeah. these kind of things before and, and linked the website for them to go and look for help, um, which is good. 
And did you have, I mean, over this podcast, it's been amazing. Like Shane Ward did a male depression storyline and said that still people to this day kind of just like really grown macho men it would just kind of put their thumbs up at them and stuff and he knows exactly what they mean Mm -hmm. um did you have the same kind of reaction yeah Mm -hmm. and I still get like definitely obviously not so often now but like it's shown in other countries obviously but a lot later than it's shown here so sometimes I'll get random messages from people like in Finland or whatever or, or still just people like a lot of people that followed casualty came and followed me in the musical I was just in and they they would then became fans of that and some of them, I think, related to that storyline, yeah. and that's why they became uh, sort of uh, fans of, of I guess, me, you know, because of, of doing that storyline. So does it add to the pressure on you? Because normally as an actor, I suppose you're going in, you go and do the work, but when you do a storyline that you know is going to affect so many people watching it, does it really add to the pressure of doing your day-to-day work? Yeah, I think, I mean, not pressure like, oh my gosh, like, I hope this comes across right, because that's why the director and producers and and everything are there to to make sure that you're doing it believably although i, I don't know how you would make any sort of mad That's choices what, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know for me it was important i had a lot of discussions about the the writing because obviously that's not in my control but yeah. if i'm the one portraying it, it yeah. i might get the blame for something not coming across right because when you watch a show if you oh that's right you are the face it, of, you're you the are, face yeah, yeah totally. people forget that so that's why I mean the pressure is on you because it's not the directors really it's your face on there that people are mm. uh, relating to yeah. isn't it and it's not I suppose it's always the aftermath that's what is judged isn't it it's like the aftermath of any of these tragedies mm. is what people are watching and relating to isn't it yeah and I think like that was we had a lot of discussions about um, because they were even unsure like the writers I mean and everyone sort of in the offices discussing how it was meant to be done but those discussions were still happening as, as, I, as I started filming the the, the storyline but the problem was that we were shooting the aftermath before we showed the event right so I'm then you know doing all this acting and yeah, doing all yeah. these reactions and then hearing that the event that happened then might have changed a little oh, bit God. even just slightly and I was like well hang on because I don't want to do some if I, if I'm reacting to something that's happened what you know in whatever sort of severity that is if you then change that whatever I'm doing isn't accurate yeah 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 um so there was definitely a lot of back and forth but they were very you know protective of me it just was like how do we approach this what story do we want to tell because there's so many varieties I of know, this same yeah. thing but hopefully it came across well as far as I know you know there was no sort of oh, it complaints was amazing. But... and I think that's the hardest thing for soap actors that's what we keep saying on this that everything in soap and continuing drama you film totally out of order it's so hard mm. isn't it so people watching it it's like you can be you can film the end of a story before i remember what hearing an interview with some hollywood movie where like the first scene they did was like the sex scene the it's love scene and you're like case. how bizarre i find that bizarre though mm. i suppose it's but it's not because you think there's no chemistry built up it's weird how but it's all happen. about it's all about um locations and getting it oh no you know, it is yeah, unfortunately so... that is the thing the acting is almost like one of the last things to be thought about, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, these days, isn't it? It is, it's true. Okay, so that's about the character. Now I'm going to talk about you for a little bit. So you're born in Gateshead. (laughs) I hope this is wrong. Just trying to be like, wrong! Some of it's been wrong to other people. (laughs) Is it from Wikipedia? So a mixture of sources, my research, okay. Chelsea. And you should know some But I was just saying to Chelsea before this that the other day when I was interviewing someone, I had my wrong notes. I was like, so you were born in Orpington, <laughs> Kent? They were like, 
no. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, is everything wrong? So you went to the same schools as your aunt, Jill Harpenny, who's also obviously very famous. Was she like an inspiration to you? Was she, because yeah, it's obviously, it's not, most people I've spoken to, perf- like performance and arts is not in their family mm. at all. But for you it was. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There's, you can't deny that like, um, I think seeing someone do something and be successful at it, and then you find that it's something that you enjoy as well. Like she made it accessible yeah. for me. Like yeah, I, which I, is amazing as a youngster. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, coming from a working class background, I think everything, like in the in the entertainment industry, feels really far away. Yeah. it just feels like surreal. Like oh well, I could never do that. And I, you know, so I think seeing Jill be successful and work hard was like oh well, oh, you can if someone in my family can do it. Like I remember at school, I thought media. The only thing I could do was work on the Sussex Courier. Like the newspaper, and I was like, I was so excited when I went there. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And covered a story about dog food in the park. I was like, this is this my is life. My, yes, my big moment. <laughs> um, but she was she was in EastEnders, wasn't she, Jill? She was in it for like a year. She, she was a police undercover oh, police the police officer. Oh, the police officer. That's it. Yeah, she married yeah, yeah. Phil. Yes. And then that woman shaved her hair off in the hairdressers. Do you remember that? Was she was called. Was... She was either called Kate or Rebecca. She played Rebecca and Corey. Yes, Kate I do remember. In, yeah, in um, yeah. Defenders. So anyway, and there's a story. I'm sure I read somewhere that when you went, when Jill won Strictly, like your mum or someone, you got dragged up. Didn't you <laughs> well, on stage? Nana. Yeah, my nana. Who Bruce was... Forsyth was like, "Who is this?" Yeah. So my nana, who was Jill's mum, <laughs> yeah. um, was obviously again something like Strictly, especially because it was only the second series. You know, like it was huge then. It's huge now, but I think. That first series was obviously big. Like, the yeah, second the one, it just felt, yeah, yeah, like, you know, they throw tens at people now, which they're absolutely deserved. Yeah. But I think at the time, people genuinely had never danced in their life. And they yeah. were, we were really watching people, like, go from not being Nothing able to take to, a step yeah. to, yeah. And, um, and anything that's new, you know, it's it's so good when it's new because it's, like, it's barely, it's just, it's just great. They're yeah. always the best. Any show, I just think. But anyway... So she got these four tens in the final and it was just like, we were like screaming. I've never been so nervous for someone. And I think she's never been so nervous like for something. But anyway, we were sat next to Denise's family who was the woman who came second. So, you know, both families were just willing them on. So yes, she would. We were sat right (laughs) at the front in the audience and my Nana's like instant reaction, like, like didn't even think. They literally went, Jill! And if you, if, my nana, who, you know, now she's, whatever, 73, so I don't know how long ago that was, but say it at 60, right? <laughs> yeah. I've never <laughs> seen a woman jump up as fast. She jumped onto the ballroom, <laughs> ran, ran around Jill and Darren three times, oh right? Oh my God. I had big hoop earrings in because I was a chap. <laughs> she pulled me by my earring. By your earring? <laughs> she didn't mean it, but she must have meant to grab my arm. But she so wait, if you watch the clip, which is really bad quality now when you look at it, you know, yeah, like when it's you look terrible at TV, on YouTube. You're yeah. like, oh my god, it's 1970. But when it goes, uh, when it sort of zooms out, you see like me sort of in the like t- trying not to be dragged on stage and trying to get back to my seat. <laughs> but anyway, I think Bruce Forsyth thought we were mad fans, so he's going. Get them, get them off, off, get them off. Here in the Newcastle accent, yeah. like, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, here they are. Yeah, the Jordies. Tesco, oh yeah. God. <laughs> and then I think Jill had said, oh, Would you bad. like to do it? Would you do Strictly? Um, I get asked that a lot, obviously. Yeah, obviously, um, it's the one question. I think especially now I've done musical theatre, people are like, well, she must want to, because <laughs> yes. it's the same thing. Um, I think, like, the idea of it, I mean, the experience would be amazing. I'd love to learn a skill like that. 
Um, uh, but Jill was obviously so amazing in it and won it that I think I would always be compared. Oh, yeah, yeah, and that's fine. Like I, I understand like two relatives in the same industry and all of that, but you want to have your own path and yeah. you don't want anything to feel like um, gifted or anything to you because it hasn't. And, and, you know, people might, <laughs> people that don't know the industry might think that like... I think I want too. I see must be the most nerve-wracking thing ever. It would be massively nerve-wracking, oh, wouldn't yeah. it? It's um, like, oh, that first week when they go out. And just the idea, like, I remember seeing Jules. And I would go out first. I'd be so annoyed. Because like if you went out first, it's basically, I think, shows like that would put you off because it's like, I just would never want to go out first. You're so yeah. humiliating. Yeah. Just having this, like, big build-up of a <laughs> yeah. show and then you go out first. Like, really week. loving people on it. Yeah. And you're like, all oh, right, bye. Yeah, no, I just... <laughs> Yeah, I, I think never say never. But no, yeah. I mean, right now, well, nothing's happening. Now, <laughs> yeah. So, right now, I'm just happy, just sitting, drinking cups of tea. Um, and so, you were nominated for Emmerdale, I think, at the Inside Side Awards and NTAs for Best Newcomer. What about awards? Do you have a little speech prepared when you get nominated <laughs> or not? I think because it was like my first, you know. And the NTAs is a job. massive one to be nominated for. That's the amazing. The NTAs felt massive. Yeah. And I remember. It's at the O2. It's the O2, and I was only like 20, and you get long listed first of all, which even that in itself, I was like, that's amazing. But to get like shortlisted, so I knew that my name was going to be on the screen. I know, with a big, and, and it's a, a massive clip. screen. Yeah, and it was like, and also the NTAs, like, it's not just soaps there, there's, ev- there's everyone. Everyone there. So it felt huge. Um, and I don't remember if I, I, I definitely didn't have anything like written but, down. And what about awards in themselves? Do they mean anything? I mean, do they mean I think had I'm I, not sure whether, did you win any? I did, uh, well, actually, <laughs> you should know this. No, um, recently. <laughs> recently. At the, um, I, I, I won the Chiswick. For Casualty. Oh, yes. did you win for Casualty? I'm winning. Um, casual, uh, but like. The what or- did you win? <laughs> The award. Not sexiest female. Excuse you. <laughs> I love that. When, no, I mean, I don't think I was ever put up for sexiest female, by the way. No, like, the worst award. Um, I won Best Drama Star. Oh, wow, well, that's brilliant. <laughs> but though. anyway, it was at the Inside Subs, which, or the TV choice, I can't remember. I won that, but I mean, I did. I, because it wasn't televised, it, it was very relaxed. I think it was voted for, so that's really nice. Yeah, that's that people by the public. Um, but I was at the BAFTAs when Casualty won a BAFTA. Oh that wow! Was pretty, oh, that's like, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was a huge like whoa. And Jill was there with three girls, and they oh, won a BAFTA wow. as well. Oh, wow. so that was a pretty cool. Like you oh, know, she was like sat. You know, I could see her, and we were both. But there. did you go to? We went. You went to the Wars, didn't you? When just talking in the sectors, the worst. I just remember when people used to get up and win and do a proper speech. When they won yeah. sex as well, sex I mean, as well. Michelle Someone Keegan. once said, I just really need to thank my mum and dad because they like have me. I think I was there and I think it was oh, a man. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, I can't remember no, who. No, I do remember. But I, I do feel sorry for Michelle Keegan because she must have been like, you I feel like win. by like a sixth one, she was like, thank you. And she's you. so lovely, Michelle. She yeah, was like mortified because like, it's such a mortifying award. Is that, yeah, is that It's really old fashioned, I think. It's really like it's a kind quite, of really bad yeah. thing. Is there any need for it? No, it should be like most... I don't know, like most inspirational female character yeah. or whatever. Maybe we should get on that. Change, yeah. to change Not that. sexiest male. Well, what exactly? And sexiest like... male, most of them weren't sexy one anyway. <laughs> um, so apart from TV, in 2014 you've done loads of theatre. West Yorkshire Playhouse, which is one of my favourite theatres. You were in Maxine Peake's Beryl. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Like, mm-hmm. she's amazing. And when you write, you were riding bike basically the, the whole time. time. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't lose any weight. Furious! <laughs> How did you not lose weight? <laughs> I don't know. I was just eating loads. <laughs> but what was that like? I mean, that's a, what a weird experience. 
Yeah, it was like... Did you rehearse just riding the bike all the time? Yeah, like, we obviously just blocked it at first with, with, um, with like, a normal, like, uh, exercise bike. And then they gave, her these, gave us these amazing, like, 1980s bikes that were still on, like, a... You know, they didn't move. Yeah. They, they were still um, stationary. Yeah. But it was really good, yeah, really good. And Chad was working with her, amazing. Well, she wasn't in the room for like the whole rehearsal period right. or anything, but she came and popped in, obviously, just to make sure how things were going. Because basically, it was a radio play that she'd written, yeah, and then she adapted it for the stage. But just to say that, you know, I'd done something that she wrote, and also just the story of the woman, like it was just amazing. And like, the Westwood Playhouse, which is incredible. Which was yeah, and I was back in Leeds, so I ended yeah. up staying at Isabel's. Um, who plays Victoria, which was really nice because I had only been left Emmerdale a year, so it was really nice just to be back there. And um, and was that was that your first big theatre? It's my first ever bit of theatre. That was your first ever theatre. Yeah. Oh my god, the Westwood Playhouse. Mm-hmm. And what? So how does it compare to? Like again, there's all these different things. Like t- obviously, you get you can almost tell the first night what bits work and stuff about theatre, which is great because mm-hmm. you can feel like the breadth of like what works and what mm-hmm. doesn't. And you get that instant gratification. Did you like that as opposed to telly? I loved it. And like the three actors that I was working with, they were like theatre. Like sort of like yeah. yeah. Like they, and they'd worked at the West Yorkshire Playhouse a lot, but they'd worked all over the UK. So I learned loads. Like, and the director was amazing. You might know her, Rebecca Catwood. Oh, yeah. She's, yeah, yeah, she she's did, done uh, EastEnders. I did EastEnders yeah. Today, yeah. Um, and, and she's done her casualty, I think, I think as well. I think I did Holby City with her, yeah. Um, so she was unreal, like changed, like changed my performance so much, you know, because I was so used to telling and downplaying everything and not projecting my voice. Yes, and everything. I know, and it was it's really, really weird. Yeah, it was really alien, but the play went really well. They extended it by yeah, like two me, or three yeah. weeks because it, it just went down really well. But yeah, getting the, you know, because it was quite funny as well. And I got some little funny bits and that was something I'd never yeah. experienced before when I got to play like. It was basically about four actors telling a story, so it wasn't like I was playing. I got to play a Beryl, I got to play the... No, no, I played younger Beryl, I played a daughter, I played an old man. Like, I just got to play yeah. loads of different people. Um, so, yeah, it was really, really fun. And then, obviously, your dream was to be a musical theatre, mm. and it came true, and I saw you, and I was blown away, honestly. I didn't know you could sing that well. <laughs> me, and Paul, me and Paul, my husband, were like, oh my gosh, she's really good. You know, like, because you go going, I always go to friends' plays going, oh, we might have to go, like, that's mm. really good. Yeah, of course, we've all <laughs> been we there. But we were, like, totally blown away. I mean, it was amazing. Thank you. It must be amazing going to work and seeing your picture outside of West End Theatre. Unreal. One of, the, one of the most surreal, I think, like, being on Emmerdale was very surreal. Casually, not so much because... Well, you being on surreal, but yeah. it was like, well, I'm an actress now. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I felt like that is, I could call myself an actress <laughs> yeah, now, and that's yeah. that. But this was like something. It's like, a different world, isn't it? Because you're entering a different world. Because it's quite closed, the West End, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and it's it's a it's a shame. I think that you people don't often go between both, no, yeah. and you sort of have you know people say, what would you rather do? And it's like, well, I'd like to do both. both if I could, yeah, but, yeah. Um, people seem to think it's not a transferable skill, which I don't agree with. And but, did you audition? How many auditions did you have? Yeah, about? I only had two. Oh right, which so is two's mad funny. Yeah, because in musical theatre wow. you have loads usually. And did you go in on your own? You, was it like to the? Didn't yeah, it was a things? huge panel. Oh yeah, it was just me. Oh just really, me. a huge yeah. panel. Yeah, like how many people? Oh, like you've got the the director, the um, producer, the musical director, the musical supervisor, the choreographer. Oh my god, the pianist. <gasps> um, 
And what do you do? Director. Sing, just sing and act and dance. I sung, I sung first because they have to know that you can sing, sing. the big song. Yeah. Um, I didn't know the song. I didn't know the show. Oh my god! Um, so you hadn't had a chance to see the show before no. you went to the audition. No, I didn't. Oh my god! Um, and they sent me the song. It was probably like five days before, so I had like five days to learn the song, which I now know is like a really well-known song in musical theatre. <laughs> but and I was like, I can't sing this. Like I'm just gonna have to go in and like the last note. I just couldn't sing it. So I sang and, and it went fine. It wasn't the worst I'd ever sang it. Probably wasn't the best. So what did you but, do the last note? Um, just go down? I, no, I like just I still just now. went for it. And oh, it, right. And okay, I just sort it. of, it, it, it wasn't amazing. But um, they were really encouraging. It was a really amazing audition experience. Like they were really nice. Um, and then they got me to do the scenes, which went really well. Like I really enjoyed doing them. And I felt confident for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why, because... Maybe because you weren't used to it, so like you don't know what. Maybe, but I had auditioned for musical theatre like a few times, but then even just two weeks. Because when you told, when you told that you weren't, your voice wasn't strong enough. Yeah, like two weeks before that. Oh really? I went for another an audition for another musical and was told. And look, I don't think that I sang the right song. I don't think I sang a song that showed off my voice enough. So that's my fault. But I was told two weeks before your voice will not sustain eight shows a week. And two weeks later, I got got a Western job, which is mad. That first, like, again, just a surreal, like, are you joking me? Like, this is unreal. And then, see, I seen the picture up there. And the first night, that first night that I had, I just feel like that's a feeling I'll never get back. It was unreal. Were you, was it the most scared you've ever been? Well, weirdly, um, and I'm happy to say this openly, but I, I actually went to see it. I had hypnotherapy. For about three weeks running up to the first night because a girl that I met in the cast suffered with performance anxiety oh, okay. and this was her first job in a long time and I was chatting to her about how I just feel like I'm I feel like an alien here I feel like I don't deserve to be here I don't understand why they've cast me yeah. I just feel like I find this song really hard the song's called get out and stay out by the well, way anyone knows it. syndrome which is massive like, yeah a really and big I had that I had that yeah. hugely um especially because like we were doing singing warm-ups and everyone there had trained in musical theatre it was that that musical yeah. theatre was what they did they all knew the warm-ups and I'm joining in going mm. I just <laughs> to be like, oh. and it's also kind of quite frightening that environment because musical theatre people are really kind of full-on as well aren't they do you know what I mean like it's yeah, like imagine it being very like yeah yeah like the energy is high and everyone's, everyone's talking about what they've and everyone, done and... and everyone knew each other like yeah. it's a lot smaller of a world than tv like I don't know every TV job that's going on or what's coming and no, what's next. Well, you but you hardly ever know people when yeah, you go into a TV show. Exactly. But, but in the theatre, everyone know. knows what show's coming next year, who's casting for what. People are having an audition. Well, if they're auditioning, it's very like... Um, and I imagine it is like this. It must be like this, that also the people that are in the chorus and stuff, I think there must be that thing of a new person coming in to play a lead... <laughs> I did it wonder... must be a bit like, because um, obviously everyone's trying to climb the rack. Do you know what I, mean? no, I definitely worried about that. Yeah. I worried that they were like, oh, you know, stunt casting because she's doing yeah. a bit of telly. So you feel the pressure of like wanting to impress Press them as well. Them. Yeah. And that was really scary. So, so I, met this, I met this girl. She's amazing. You know, we're, we're still friends now. And she suggested this guy. And it changed that Really? Oh, wow. It went from becoming what, because I could see that I was self sabotaging and I was about to make it a really traumatic experience. Right, yeah. And I didn't want to do that. I was like, I don't want to, I'm going to spot this for myself. Uh 
Um, and you managed to. That's amazing then. And it was like, it was unreal. And you know what? It wasn't perfect, of course. No. And that was my problem is that I was striving for this perfection and trying to prove that I wasn't just a TV person that's been cast because of being on telly. Like, I can sing and I've had lessons for years with the hope that one day it would it would yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. But I've, you know, it's not like I've just rocked up and gone, I fancy I think it's something as you get older that you do. They say this about like, when you, say when you're a kid and you'll just jump on a bike and go running along a wall and then as you get older like this part of your brain takes over and you start becoming and I think you do become much more self-critical as you get older and much more like those like when you said when you joined Emmerdale probably was just a bit like yeah it's like a bike you're like yeah it's fine and then as you go on in the industry madly it gets worse and worse I think I'm more critical of yourself. Yeah, and I think definitely like with singing though because it, it technically can go wrong so it's not just like oh I don't know if I can you know act this properly or whatever it's like no, every night you're battling with a song that if you don't do all the right things, yeah, technically yeah. could go wrong, and that's embarrassing. And I'll be honest, it went wrong a Have few you had a times. Time? Yeah, yeah, like times that I was ill, but you know, you feel the pressure to go in because because you know it's your face up there. And honestly, two weeks in, when things go wrong, it's so exciting and so funny. Is it? Yeah, it's like it actually becomes funny. Yeah, um, I remember once I had a nosebleed through the whole oh show. Oh my god! So basically, like every time I come off came off I had tissues and the blood was just like running and it, but in a way even it's because I wasn't well because I'd been blowing my nose so much you know when you like burst yeah, a blood yeah. vessel and then I was like chatting to someone I like laughed like through my nose you know just suddenly you go and then just loads of blood just spurted out it was on my costume oh my like on God. stage like sort of face and the to. back yeah like <laughs> but actually it becomes sort of fun you're like oh the show ends up going quite quick because you're like oh that was fun and it was a really brilliant show actually like again you know fun. when you go oh it's a Dolly Parton but it, no, it was really good. Well, yeah, because it's not Dolly Parton songs as in, you, it's not like Jolene and it's night to five, but set, the song's different. And yeah. They're all songs written by Dolly, but they're around the narrative. And with all what's going on, it's quite current, the theme. Yeah. About exactly. the, I think that's why it did so well. Because yeah. Because they sort of, they adapted it, they made it a bit more modern, but also because of the... And obviously we talked about with everyone, obviously in the current environment, who knows what's going to happen, but it's a shame, isn't it? Because you were riding so high. I know. And I was like, literally, you were getting so much... Because you were, honestly, you blew it away in that show. And it must be so gutting for you now, because it's like, I mean, it will come back, obviously, but it will, you're, but you're riding that wave, isn't it? And yeah, like, and you uh, worry that, that like, um, you know, you sort but of... But the West End people won't forget, will they? Because now you're in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, hopefully. But you always do just think, acting always feels like you get the momentum and then yeah. you lose it. And you feel like when you get the bit of momentum, you want to keep it going. Yes. And, and you always worry. But I think everyone's... Of course, everyone's, everyone's had it, haven't they? Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, the funny question about musicals was, because when I spoke to Shane Ward, he was saying, like, when he did X Factor, he got, vo- he got vocal nodules and stuff because... Of singing so much, and obviously you're singing every night, well mm. more than once a night in the West End. Mm-hmm. Is it a real strain in your voice? Oh, it like, must, you must know, like, yeah, James, it's not. Na- it's like doing a marathon every day for your body. Yeah, James, um, my boyfriend said that <laughs> it was like living with an athlete. In that, like, my main priority was like my body and my health. Yeah, and he said like because well, you can't do anything else. You can't, and you have one day off a week. And honestly, that day is spent like recouping. Like poor James would be like, you know, should we go and do something? Because it was one of our only yeah. sort of days together. I'd be like, no. I'm breathing oxygen. Yeah, yeah. I'm, and, and, and all... having a peanut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and spent my whole life doing this with my voice. Mm. <laughs> oh god! But that's, it is. That's but that's why you... I wonder how people stay in musical theatre all the time because it's like. It's really exhausting, like, yeah. honestly. It's and what most... about, did you, did you find it hard, the lifestyle? Because obviously you're working when everyone else is 
sleeping in a way. Yeah, I found it really hard because I really enjoy getting up early and finishing work on a day and having an evening. I also think that evenings are like for like a couple is like the most it's the time where you recoup and yeah, you sort of talk and you well, yeah. have dinner and cook together yeah. and whatever. Because in the day you're so busy and you're yeah. doing errands. Well, and all you've that. done the same kind of then timings. You know yeah, I mean? it's weird that yeah. you're going to work. At... I, I didn't enjoy like going to bed at like one a.m. and oh, anyway, no. and I'm you gonna... can't go to bed after show, surely? No, definitely. Um, and now we've got a puppy, which I got halfway through the contract, which was an idiot move. Yeah, because that, I love him uh... so much, but he gets up at like half six. <laughs> yeah, and like I was going to work twelve hours after that, so not <laughs> <laughs> the best idea. Oh my god! Well, is it actual soap? Yeah, it's soap from the box. Yeah. <laughs> From the Yorkshire Soap Company. Oh my um, god, that's nice. But you, the final question is, which mm. character in Emmerdale would you give that to to wash away their sins? In Emmerdale? Yeah. Oh, Kane Dingle. Yeah, everyone said Kane. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So everyone said, no, everyone said Kane and then gone, I mean, Jeff, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so nice to talk to you, Chelsea. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much to Chelsea for being my guest on Soap From The Box. And I kind of know I'm sounding a bit like a broken record, but Chelsea is one of the nicest people again, I know. Such an incredible, talented person with the most amazing voice. So when theatre starts again, make sure you go and see her because you won't be disappointed. I would like to thank, as usual, David Stevens and the Bothy for their edit and technical wizardry. Join me all week on social media at Soap From The Box on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook and on the YouTube channel. And I'll be giving you clues as to who next week's guest is going to be. Stay safe, everyone. And join me for more smiles and laughs, I hope, next week. Same time, same place-ish. Bye. (laughs) 